This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Hey, welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. It is a Saturday morning. Great to have you along for the ride this morning, trying to get you up and about, ready to go for the day. It is a beautiful weekend. Hopefully, this wind starts dying down because this is absolutely ridiculous the last couple of days that we've had. You know, thanks. I, I guess that explains why our new team is called the Wind Surge. I guess that would make sense. Welcome into the show. So we have radio. AM and FM, we are not on Facebook Live today because guess what? Yours truly has been banned from doing live videos on Facebook, which explains why we haven't had Facebook Live on the Voice Reason with our weekday program all this week. It's been working on YouTube. It's been working on Twitter. It has not been working on Facebook, so we do not have Facebook Live today. But that doesn't mean you still can't call into the program 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. I didn't even know about the whole Facebook thing until this morning because during the week, We use a different program called Restream where we can broadcast on numerous different platforms with uh, Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Twitch and LinkedIn. We just blast it out to all of them. We don't do that here on the week on the weekend show uh, where it's just on KQAM. uh, So we just do the Facebook Live on KQAM's Facebook page. Well, that obviously is not working. And it came up with my error today saying, no, your account has been temporarily suspended from doing Facebook Live events until further notice. So I tried to contest it. I sent in my little message. I'm like, I'm not even sure. You know what it is? And I want to I'll, I'll get my thoughts on our guest here in a second as well. Uh, I posted something last weekend and automatically, boom, it just blocked it. And it came up and it said this post has been blocked. I didn't know it's going to block everything else. It just said, boom, this post has been blocked. You know what that post was? That post literally said, I do not know how Donald Trump is responsible for the protests in Washington, D.C. That's it. That's all it was. And because of that, boom, you're blocked. That violated community standards on Facebook. Yeah, it's a weird time. So welcome into the show. Uh, all presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity. All of your gold and silver needs. They open up in about a half hour here. They're open until 2.30 this afternoon. So you can go in there, check out all their uh, gold and silver. It's a hot commodity. It's a hot market right now. Make sure to get it with the opening. I don't know why I'm even looking at the camera. I'm so used to looking at the camera now. I don't even have to worry about that. <laughs> Let's get into our guest today, shall we? We built this it's time to chat with the man himself from the Wichita City Council, Mr. Brian Fry. Brian, what's going on, sir? Uh, good morning, Andy. Thank you for having me again. Yeah. Um, it's too bad Facebook blocked you because your listeners, your viewers can't see your new haircut and your and your, and your monkey beard. My monkey beard. That's right. <laughs> I saw that. And I said, you know what, honey? I had to get this. The monkey. If you don't know the monkey beard, you know, the beard that comes down the one side, wraps around with the mustache, it's a beautiful thing. So, so your, your yeah, listeners was, are missing out on that I one. I was ready so. to present that. I got my hair all done this morning. I was ready to go look pretty for the TV. And now look at this. Uh, well, at least maybe your MySpace, you could reactivate it. Oh, there we go. And put your pictures on your MySpace page. I have to admit, I never had a MySpace. I never did either. I was but. so late to the social media thing. I didn't even get into Facebook until... Like my uh, into my first year of college, and like everybody's like, dude, what's wrong with you? Why don't you have a Facebook page? Uh, I just I, I never got into it until then, and I still kind of fight it now. There's so many of them. They're like, well, Andy, now that Facebook and Twitter are blocking you, you need to open up a Parlor and a Mayway and a yeah. Telegram and a this and, a, and I'm like, I have. Four different social media accounts I'm already managing. I don't need to do any more. Yeah, you can't keep track of them all. That's the thing. No. I, you know, I've got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and I join those for communication with my friends and family yeah to being able to share pictures what's happening in their lives their dog whatever right 
life events. It was just an easy way to communicate. Nobody writes letters or has the time to do that these days. And so that was an easy, efficient way to stay in touch with and and, and retrace friendships from high school exactly. and college and uh, reconnect with those folks. Now it's become just such, and I'll use the word a cesspool of venom on both sides that I don't find myself wanting to go there. Even go on social media. You yeah, know? it's just ridiculous. It uh, is ridiculous. But thankfully we have TikTok now, so. <laughs> now, I thought TikTok was banned. I don't know. I'm, I'm kidding about that one. I heard, well, well that, I mean, it, it's interesting. <laughs> now, I haven't gotten that one, but I had heard that Trump had banned it because it was a Chinese thing. I heard the yeah. military wasn't even allowed right. to have it on their phone uh, to be able to walk onto the military base. But I guess Microsoft bought it, so maybe that allowed it to Yeah, it is active. My wife's uh, okay. a little addicted to it. So. A little addicted to TikTok, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, it's, it's, what is it, just like short videos? Short videos. It's like the old Vine, if you remember it. No. Which was about... Three years ago, very popular with the very very popular with the kids. Okay, right? and okay. Uh, but that's what it is, and you know now it's starting to become more political too. Interesting. It was usually in the beginning. It was just funny videos, dance videos, yes. people doing things like that, and now it's becoming more political. And so, yeah, it's probably going to be that next one. That's going to be the next one that's uh, going to be. You won't be able to have that page. The only the only TikTok <laughs> video I have seen was one of my growling, screaming like death metal vocalists doing a vocal uh, little thing on there and scaring people with his demon growl. <laughs> so that was that was about the only thing that I've seen on TikTok. And I was like, yep. well, that was kind of entertaining. Yep. So anyways, we have a lot to get to. Coming up on the show today, uh, we have Brian Fry here in studio this hour with us, which we appreciate as always. Kim Brochers, she is RNC, uh, RNC spokesperson from the 1st District on the western part of the state. She'll be joining us at 10 o'clock. And then at 10.30, wrapping up the show today, we have uh, Congressman Ron Estes. We're going to play the interview we did with him during the national show earlier in the week, uh, the day after the impeachment vote. So I want to get, I want to play some of that on the program today as well. Plus, we have the sec- uh, the state of the state address from Governor Laura yes. Kelly. We have the kickoff of the legislative session. It is going to be a heavy slate today, and we're going to try and get to all of this. So happy 2021. It's a crazy time, and this is a way to start off a year, ain't it? I hope you've got enough caffeine to last for you. Yeah, well, I do still have uh, some of those uh, Black Rifle Coffee Company. Oh, uh, you, know, um, you haven't migrated the espressos. To, the, to the Twisted Tea? Not yet, not yet. Although, I don't know where that campaign came from. That came out of nowhere, just Twisted Tea. Yeah, that was that viral video of the guy Holy getting cow. knocked out. Yeah, and, uh, then which was became, funny. Then it just became, again, viral. The so. Viral, that was entertaining to watch. I did enjoy that one, too. Uh, that other guy was acting a little ridiculous. Uh, luckily, we don't see a whole lot of that here in the Wichita area. Let's hope not. Usually, <laughs> usually, yeah. You know, maybe on a Black Friday special or something. <laughs> but the city city council, we obviously have a lot going into this year. Last year was a bit, uh, a bit rough with COVID-19 yeah. with some of the shutdowns. We're going into this year a little bit more hopeful. I know the vaccine's starting to get into the area here. Yep. Uh, but we did extend some of the restrictions from this um from the health department with sedgwick county through march right now how is the city looking are we optimistic about starting to open things up this year yeah absolutely we're going to continue to be optimistic and want to return to the pre-covid times as quickly as possible we need that for our economy for our businesses for our livelihood um you know if you watch the trending of the numbers and the testing it's hovering right around 11 percent a little up and down we didn't have the huge christmas bump that they all predicted nor the big thanksgiving bump um, so you're seeing about 11% is the testing positivity testing rate on that two week average. Okay. Um, so that's good. It's not spiking. And in fact, it's actually trying to trend down a little bit. Um, I, and the vaccines are getting, um, put in the arms, you know, through people, through the first responders in the medical community and Sedgwick County is doing a good job with the vaccines that they get and getting them distributed as fast as they can. Yep. Um, 
So all that is going well and continue to make those strides. Uh, you know, I think people are, are ready for spring to get here and get back to outside where they can do activities again and, and hopefully get past all this. Um, so, yeah, again, cautiously optimistic, want to stay the course, make sure people are doing the right things. Right. Um, I seen, uh, I've seen uh, Kansas City has reduced, relaxed some of their restrictions, and I don't know if that's going to be the next step for us here. Um, again, want to make sure that we're doing the right things and stay safe. But um, And there have been some relaxations a little bit, but not the full, you know, get rid of it all. Sure. They, they just want to continue to keep the numbers down. It's been essentially like the, the guidelines are still there, but the enforcement of trying to do the iron grip enforcement has kind of just loosened up a little bit. You know, we did change some things um, last year at the end of the year with uh, enforcement has allowed the health department to be able to uh, have a little bit more teeth in backing the policies. Um, we're not asking our officers to do anything different. Um, we're continuing to do what we do and as it relates to the clubs and making sure that the capacity isn't exceeded and so forth and the hours are enforced. Um, but we don't have a, a Gestapo going around, you're not wearing your mask, put it on. Right. We're, we're not doing that. We're not taking it to that extreme. Sure. Well, hopefully we're going to start seeing things loosen up a little bit now, especially with the vaccine. I know the county, and I know this is more of a county thing, but the county's been working on trying to get uh, another shipment of the vaccine in. They're starting the second round of doses for many of the nurse uh, or many mm-hmm. of the healthcare professionals around the area. So that'll be nice. We started vaccines at the Dole VA Center as well. Right. So that's good news. It's starting yep. to get around. And then I'm guessing there's, they said like early summer-ish is for the general public, whoever wants it kind of thing. Yeah. The biggest challenge has been able to get the number of vaccines needed yeah. to be able to start getting them to all of the uh, non, what's the right word here? Uh, the most vulnerable. Yes. Those people need to get it first. The non-essentials. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> I'm not getting one for a long time. I'm non-essential. Um <laughs> But, you know, I think we all uh, want to unify and make sure that we are taking care of our most vulnerable people first. And that's why with the limited number of vaccines, that's who's getting it. And then as we can increase the number, yeah, we'll start getting it to the whole general population. But yeah. uh, right now, it's just been a matter of getting the number of vaccines. Sure. No, absolutely. When let's let's shift gears a little bit from COVID and uh, let's talk about the budgetary issues. We mm-hmm. talked a little bit about it as we wrapped up 2020, but because we had the shutdowns, because so many retailers are shutting doors right now, either permanently or trying to do it temporarily right now, I'm sure that the city's hurting financially. We've talked a little bit about that, right. but going into this year, as things slowly, ho- hopefully, maybe try to open things back up, are we going to be in good shape or are we going to have to do some other drastic measures? So uh, 2020 was definitely a tough year. Um, we it's about a $12 million revenue hit mm. uh, to the city budget. Now, in a budget of nearly $300 million, that doesn't sound like a lot, but it's significant. And we did make cuts in programs and things throughout the year to make sure we we're able to uh, have a balanced budget. We got additional funding through the CARES Act from the county, well, from the federals that then came down through the county uh, to us that helped us with some areas. We couldn't use it to replace revenue, but we could use it to offset expenses caused by COVID. Sure. And so we did have a balanced budget at the end of 2020. We, um, for 2021, our budget number is reduced. We planned for that, again, to have loss of revenue, um, primarily through uh, events, programs, uh, services, activities that are fee-based, right? Rental properties, uh, uh, venues, and so forth. Um, Ticket collection from fines. Fewer people are driving, so there's less revenue coming from uh, tickets and so forth. Sales tax was certainly impacted, but not as much as we thought it might be. 
because the offset from restaurants and bars and venues and attractions was made up for by sales tax at uh, furniture stores and cons- lumber supply companies and home decor and mm. you know those type of sh- and and more grocery items being bought too. Yeah. So and liquor stores <laughs> and liquor stores well, absolutely. I yeah. mean, you couldn't go to the bar. I mean, I've I've talked to a lot of the different liquor store owners around here, and they've seen tons of bump uh, just yep. because. Hey, I'm just going to stock up my home bar. Right. Exactly. So yeah. uh, the sales tax revenue wasn't as bad as we thought it might be, but it was all the other uh, revenue implications. And so we've planned for that with the 2021 budget. Obviously, um, we're still asking for federal and state help with Corona Cares Act funding. Um, where we can put it back into social services that are affected by COVID. You know, we've seen an increase in domestic violence and and uh, <clears throat> rent, uh, tr- uh, being not being able to make rent payments sure. and things like that. So we've been able to get support from federal and state dollars to that end. But it's going to continue to be an issue throughout as long as this pandemic shutdown continues. And so we're always going to have that concern. The one of the things that we don't know is the impact on property taxes and Certainly, there have been a lot more people working at home and not going into offices. Is that going to trickle down to companies saying, well, we don't need offices anymore? Yeah. And not having that commercial space, which is a big piece of our property tax mill. Um, And so is there going to be a reduction in square footage in commercial activity? That's going to have an impact on our budget. That would be interesting. And yeah. so we, and we don't know that yet because of the way the property tax lags and so forth. And again, it's going to take some time to see how that works out. Um, but that's something we have to ver- keep a very close eye on. That's an interesting point. I, I didn't really think about that. And I did see a story about individuals thinking or, you know, some government entity somewhere talking about trying to tax you for staying at home because you're not using uh, business uh, square footage or you're not using the public highways and you're not using all these public different things that we ta- get taxed for. So now we need to tax you for working at home. So <laughs> well, I've heard that theory as well. Yeah, so Governor Kelly, as part of her budget, uh, proposed taxes on um uh, internet services, internet services, right? Purchases online, like Netflix yeah. and digital downloads and so forth. And then there's also the the sales tax on inter- internet commerce, like um, when you're buying something from a website that doesn't isn't based in Kansas, they're not charging sales tax, so we're not collecting that. Um, <clears throat> and, and there is some merit to that, but I think that has to be offset by a reduction in maybe sac- tax on food, on groceries. You would think so. Uh, you know, I don't want new taxes. Just we're already an overtaxed state. Exactly. And so we caught adding much more layers. But the sales tax is one of the most difficult things for people that are of low income. And so you putting a sales tax on food makes it even more difficult. So let's back that off a little bit, maybe as a and again, uh, Internet sales tax is one that's been talked about quite a bit. And I think that needs to get addressed. But the sales tax on the Internet and the social, I don't know that. On the digital download, that one's going to be a tougher one. It's weird. I don't know why you would do that. Like, hey, everybody's staying at home and can't work, and they're watching more Netflix. Let's go ahead and tax them for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one's going to be unpopular. It already is, uh, just by the fact that she put it out there, and it's. Well, we know her. Upset. We know where her mind's at. So I'll, <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit later with some of the recap of the the state of the state address. So let's take a break here. Twenty two minutes past the hour. Brian Fry, city council member here for the city of Wichita. When we come back, I want to talk some more about some of the budgetary things. I want to talk about how we start looking towards the spring and summer here in the city and South Central Kansas, plus a heck of a lot more. If you have any questions or comments, you can always call it 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK right here on Kansas Talk on the Big Talker KQAM.
26 minutes past the hour. Welcome back into the show here on a Saturday. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Kansas Talk. Presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 at West Central Avenue. You can also visit them online at philscoins.com. Brian Fry, Wichita City Council member, hanging out in studio this hour. And as we talk about some of the budgetary issues with the city, let's look at moving forward a little bit more. I know that hopefully we can uh, open up some of the entertainment stuff again this year, which will help with some of the revenue. You talked about some of the business, which is a brand new side I never even really thought about. If businesses aren't using some of the uh, the real estate space in the area, that's going to take a big hit definitely on the city and how we uh, to, not just on the city, but just how we operate generally State in, in well. the community as, right. as well. And, and again, it's just not um, the office space. It's also the retail space. Yeah. I mean, we're already seeing a shutdown of more retailers. Um, and so they're going to face a struggle too. And so that commercial tax rate on those properties is something that we really have to keep a close eye on, as, it, as well as the revenue generated um, by those retailers as well. Again, that internet sales tax. Um, those retailers have to charge local sales tax. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you go into a shop and you want to buy that item, you have to pay that sales tax. If you go online, sometimes you don't have to pay that sales tax. And so that's about creating a fairness issue and allowing our local businesses to compete on that level. Uh, and again, I don't think people are sitting there going, well, if I go to the store A, I have to pay sales tax. But if I go on the internet, oh, I'm going to go on the internet because I, I don't think people are doing that. Sure. I think people are doing it because they can't find that item locally. And so they go online to get it. Yeah. And but again, it's about fairness and allowing our local businesses to compete on a level playing field. But those are those are some things that we're definitely going to have to keep an eye on uh, in 21 as it relates to our revenue picture. Yeah. Um, Look, I I think it's this exercise I don't want to go through again, but I think it's also shown us that we can operate local government in a more efficient manner and that maybe we don't have to go back and do all these things that we used to do before. Um Yes, we had to tighten our belt and we had to make some hard decisions, but we're still operating and we're still doing the job as a, as keeping our community safe and and overseeing the infrastructure and so forth. We've had to do with some fewer programs, some fewer things, you know, that maybe we don't need to keep doing. Yeah. And can we save and lower that budget and maybe even lower the property tax mill? That's what I'm going to continue yeah, to look at because – uh, this year showed us that we can do things more efficient, smarter, um, and save money because we had to. And still allow things to grow and as still, well. But that doesn't mean we need to put those things back automatically. Right. Maybe we just don't do them anymore and save that money for the taxpayer. What a concept. So, again, I don't want to go through that again, but if this did show that we can do this and we we can be more efficient. So sure. that's what I'm going to continue to push. I'll continue to bang that drum every day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about some of that when we come back. I mean, some of the things that you guys have talked about kind of getting rid of a little bit was some of the golf courses in the area now with Century 2 with that discussion. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about that yep. when we come back as well. Plus some of the entertainment that may start bringing revenue back in. Concerts actually coming back. And uh, it's, uh, the baseball team that Absolutely. might actually have a season this year. <laughs> so uh, let's do some of that when we come back here as well. Your phone calls would love to have them at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. It's a big show today. Candace Talk right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Lots more coming up after the bottom of the hour. Stay here.
back to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Don Wright, you're listening to Kansas Talk. Welcome back into it. Happy Saturday morning to you. Great to have you along for the ride today. By the way, I don't know if you heard before the program at 8.30, we had our very first Ag Outlook right here on KQAM with the Mid-America Ag Network looking at some of the grains this week. Next week, we'll do the same thing at 8.30 with your livestock looking into 2021. What will it look like? It's going to be a crazy year with uh, some of the changes, I think, in trade and trade policy and tariffs and you know, thanks, new administration coming in, going to mm-hmm. screw everything up again. So we got to figure out how to co, uh, t- uh, how to uh, cope and how to manage and how to change things around a little bit. So uh, make sure to stay tuned into Ag Outlook. We got one more coming up next Saturday at 8.30 with KQM and the Mid-America Ag Network. Brian Fry, City Council Member, hanging out in studio here. And we have a caller, so let's go right to the phones here, shall we? Line number one, good morning, who's this? This is Frederick. And Frederick, how are you, sir? Fine, thank you. I have a question for Mr. Fry. You bet. And um, this is my personal opinion. Uh, A couple of years ago, a police officer made, in my opinion, a poor judgment and shot a man. And this federal lawsuit's been going on now for about two years. And when are we going to settle it? It seems to me like that the Wichita City Council and the mayor and everyone like that should have realized that it was a bad situation and the city was partially responsible. Wouldn't it have been cheaper just to go ahead and make a fast settlement and make the city look good instead of letting this go on and on? It's going to cost us more money in legal fees than it would be to have settled with this uh, very nice, wonderful lady and her family. So when is it ever going to end, and why don't they just plain pony up the money? And where is the money going to come from? Uh, And I'm not anti-police or anything like that, but it was a poor judgment on the officer's um, part, and the city is partially responsible. And why don't they just settle and that way, uh, they can gain a little bit of respect back because they lost a lot of respect over that. And I'd like to know uh, Mr. Fry's uh, response, sir. Sure. Um, well, thank you for the question, Frederick. Unfortunately, because it is an ongoing court case, I really can't comment on where we're at as it relates to a settlement or what we're hearing. Um, it is a very difficult situation for everyone, obviously, and sympathy with the family for sure. I think I know which case you're talking about. But any of these cases where it involves officer-involved shooting, there's a lot of things that we have to consider. Um, we also have um, a lot of different testimony. But it, because it is an ongoing court case, I really can't talk about the, the specifics. Um, we do have a tort fund that we use to um, for cases of settlement in case something like this does happen. We do have to settle. We have funds of in reserve for this type of thing. Um, but, again, it's, it's going to continue for some time. Um, we haven't even gone to trial yet, and wow. so there's still pre-hearings and settlement issues and talks. So the decision um, of like wrapping it up, not wrapping it up, not really in the city's hands on that one. Well, again, there are different things we have to do sure. um, for protection of all officers going forward. Just not this case, but does it set precedence depending upon what we decide to? So a lot of things have to be considered. Um, it's just not a real simple cut and dry or black and white issue. We have to. Uh, really weigh all the different yeah. ways it could go. 
So. Definitely a very tricky one for sure. Frederick, I appreciate that question. It's a good question because it is ongoing and we want to stay on top of kind of how all this is going to play out, as, as Brian said, with uh, the future of law enforcement and how everything's handled from uh, there on out. we got some more calls. Let's go right to them here, shall we? Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Andrew. Mr. Sean. Uh, how are you, sir? <laughs> well, I'm in a better mood than I was last Saturday. How about yourself? Well, you know what? That's that's a good thing. Got to start off 2021 right. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I heard what you said about uh, your Facebook stream account being uh, suspended indefinitely or whatever. Yeah, isn't that nice? That nice. All I had to say was I don't think Trump was at fault for the protests. And boom, there you go. Now I'm banned from doing Facebook Live for a while. Yeah, well, you know, I I, I had uh, uh, the, uh, the Saturday before the uh, uh, riots happened in, uh, in Washington, um, <clears throat> I had downloaded uh, uh, this talk radio app from the app store on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I had listened to an hour of uh, Rush Limbaugh on it uh, from some some station back in, uh, I think it's Connecticut, New London, Connecticut, or something like that. Okay. Uh, well, <clears throat> after the riot, the uh, uh, app wouldn't work anymore. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Shut down a lot of those, huh? Yeah, I couldn't find it in the app store. I couldn't find Glenn Beck's uh, podcast that I think was in the uh, uh, the the, uh, the the podcast uh, uh, sure. thing on this uh, phone, so and uh, I'm telling you, man, I, uh, I want to clarify something I said uh, last Saturday. I believe it was last Saturday uh, when I was talking about uh, the possibility of revolution. <clears throat> I don't advocate it, believe me. Um, I don't want any misunderstanding on that. As somebody who's a, a combat veteran, I, I think I speak for everybody in the military when I say that uh, the, the military is the one group of people in this country that... Uh, <clears throat> Are the ones who uh, 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 don't want war the most because right. you know we're the ones that got to go out and do the fighting and the bleeding and the dying and all that crap. So I'm definitely you know <clears throat> I don't uh, I'm not for violence. I don't want to see anything like that happen. But the uh, I think there's the potential is there. I think we're being uh, uh, I think we're being uh, driven in that direction. Um, uh, you're right. I mean, you're right. There, there are a lot of very angry people, very emotional individuals, and they're not being heard, and things aren't getting settled. And it seems like now, with the other side kind of rubbing salt in the wound by shutting, you know, social media down and by calling us, you know, crazy radicals and just kind of dismissing us, it's not making things any better. So there's definitely going to be some tension going on for a while, and it's unfortunate. So I am concerned about what's going to happen in the near future. Sean, I appreciate it very much. I want to get some other calls here, but uh, I'm glad you're back in a better mood, my friend, and keep up the fight because it's going to be a crazy wild year. we got to stay on our toes uh, and keep things going here, shall we? Let's go back to the line here, line number three. Good morning. Who's this? Oh, yes, we lost them. They went away. That's all right. Um, so, yeah, anyways, Brian Fry, um, let's talk about, real quickly, let's talk about some of the festivities we could potentially see. Yep. I heard a rumor that one of my favoriteest bands in the whole wide world was going to come in March. That was like last summer, but I don't know if they're still planning on coming because, you know, that would ensue like mosh pits in close contact. And I, I think I know this band. I you've talked about them before. As I lay dying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, that's, that'd be interesting. I don't think any of the venues or capacity uh, numbers to allow that type of 
um, activity yet to, to make money for them. Sure. Right. I mean, so right now we've got events going on at Interest Bank Arena with hockey and WSU has got basketball, but it's, you know, a thousand out of 12,000 people um, because of the restrictions. Uh, the, Actually, the concert. Yeah. The, it, the concert, it looks like they have canceled everything up until April. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's what I figured. Uh, again, most of those facilities, those concert halls just can't make money with um, such reduced capacity. And it's unfortunate. I'm a concert guy myself, too. I'm getting real fidgety these days, not being able to go out and see live music. Yes. So, you know, I want to get back out there. Um, and I know the bands, you know, they want us to come back um, as quickly as they can and because uh, they need it as well. I think they enjoy that energy on the road. And so, um, you know, hopefully we'll get there. It is unfortunate, and yeah. So thanks a lot, Mike. That's my favorite band in the world, and I was so excited <laughs> to see them. Don't blame me. Oh man, it's ridiculous. Um, but you're right. So we're still trying to battle through this. Hopefully that that scene will start up again because people are going stir crazy. I mean, we yep. can't go to the bar and nightclub because right. we'll get COVID at ten o one p.m. Yeah. Apparently, we can't go to uh, concerts. We we can't go see baseball in person. We couldn't yep. see go see high school baseball or basketball or football really as well. So. People are going stir crazy, and it's it's time. But we do have some light at the end of the tunnel because yeah, absolutely. baseball is starting to be prepared in Wichita. Yes. Hopefully yep. that happens. Yeah, since our last visit, um, Major League Baseball announced some affiliate affiliate changes. Um, we were expecting AAA Miami Marlins um, with the renegotiation with the leagues. We are now going to be AA um, affiliated with the Minnesota Twins which is still very exciting. Um, we're going to be part of the Texas League, which is what we used to be when we were the Wranglers. Okay. Uh, this is a few years ago before you got here. Mm-hmm. Um, but very exciting baseball. It's a high level of competition. Uh, we still expect the crowds. We did all of our performance based on AA numbers. Even though we are expecting to have AAA, we were very conservative with all of our performance. So uh, we're still going to be fine. Um the season, uh, they're talking about a little delay um, so that from a COVID and spring training standpoint, they don't want all of their players together at the same sites. Right. And so they're trying to be cautious. And so that will probably cause a, a delay in the start of the minor league season, but still a full 70 games. And we can't wait to start having crowds at the stadium. You know, and actually, um, we're anticipating 200 events at Riverfront Stadium, and 70 of those were going to be baseball. So, um, starting in some other events programmed, whether it be concerts, All right. um, whether it be a mosh pit on the infield, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, whether it's just movie nights, um, things they can start planning that now and start getting back to what we expected the stadium to do. Um, like I said, it's an open air stadium. It can hold 10,000 people. So you can do some other events and still sure. um, keep social distance. But again, then it comes to the numbers and how many people do you need to have go through to be able to make money on it. So that's what they've got to factor in. And how much are people comfortable getting back out and doing things? That's the big question. I mean, uh, there are some that just don't care and are itching to get back into everything. Others are going to be very hesitant and skeptical. So where's that right. line to where they're going to feel safe coming out to events? Right. I mean, uh, with parades or with, you know, right. the uh, uh, carnivals or whatever that's going to want to be coming through the area. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the response of the community on how many actually want to come back out into public river fest i mean that's gonna be another big one yeah um i know that the saint patrick's day parade um has already decided they're not going to happen this year i know that's a disappointment very much Uh, river festival certainly is another one that has to consider 
you know, what's it going to look like in June and what are they going to be able to do? And, and so a lot of concerns, a lot of issues still to work through. But again, that's why getting that vaccine rolled out as quickly as they can and, and getting people hopefully to that herd immunity level too. So that is very true. That is very true. Well, there's, it's optimistic, but still unknown right now. It sounds like right for a lot of things uh, before we kind of start wrapping up here a little bit, we talked about right towards the end of the year, the kickoff with the water treatment plant, some of the mm-hmm. work that you guys are doing on that. How are we going on there? Is it right on track still? Oh, absolutely. Moving? Yep. We had the groundbreaking in October and we just did an event out there uh, last week. Uh, the team is uh, putting a, eight-foot-tall inflatable gorilla on top of one of the cranes. There are two cranes (laughs) on site right now that are uh, five stories each. If you go by the zoo, you can see them. They're massive. and So they put a mascot uh, on top of it, and we're doing a little naming contest. Very um, nice. Because the zoo is right across the street. Right. And and they've got their own construction activity going on. So uh, we're having a little fun with it. There's a naming contest, and you can help decide the name of this gorilla. Uh, but it's just something fun to do. We're on track, on time. Everything's continuing to to move forward. Very excited about that. We've got a, a water treatment plant for South Wichita that we're in the beginning stages of working on design and, and plan for that. So, you know, we're continuing to make the investments in our infrastructure. Um, Kellogg just finished another portion of East Kellogg mm-hmm. recently out by the Turnpike. Um, so that's opening up. It used to be, you know, very slow uh Traffic. Very slow con- moving around there. Because yeah. of the con- now, I don't want it to be an autobahn because <laughs> that's Kellogg is has that history, right? But another portion of Kellogg is finished, and so we're continuing to move further. The north junction up on uh, K ninety six and two fifty four is underway, and progress is being made on that, and that's the next big fix that we've got to do. So um, there's continual progress being made. So some neat things going on. Um, but getting that baseball stadium open is the thing I think we're all looking forward to the most. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, we've talked a little bit about it before, but some of the new industry coming in, I mean, the entertainment side, that's going to draw some of that business in as we talk about, you know, the tech industry wanting to come here. Yep. You know, diversifying our economy in the city and in the county, uh, the entertainment things that are open and active and, and things doing well, that's going to entice more business to want to come to the area. Yeah. And WSU and the things that they're doing out with the Innovation Campus and they've got a, a new partnership with Deloitte called the Smart Factory. And again, high tech stuff. NetApp is building uh, their new headquarters um, for Wichita on campus there. Uh, NASA's doing a lot of stuff out at WSU and NIR. So new industries certainly coming, new high tech stuff. We're working on that. The DO School sure. for downtown Wichita uh, received their accreditations to the next step in the accreditation process. So they can continue to move forward with that which is an amazing project for the core of downtown. A um, couple of new buildings have finished and opened up. The 430 building right there at Douglas and Emporia where Meats Coffee was. That finished recently. Hutton headquarters just finished. Um, the Home 2 Suites right next to the Advanced Learning Library just finished. So there's a lot of activity going on right now. The Fidelity Parking Garage is nearly complete. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of great activity happening in downtown. I think we're really in a good position with some of the things that we made changes wise to our economic incentive policy at the end of the year, which we've talked about is setting us up for continual improvement for growing our economy and, and hopefully getting some of our smaller businesses, the ability to scale up and expand and grow. Look, we're, we're not going to get the Tesla's or the, um, you know, the giant general motors factory. We need to do what we do well 
continue to focus on those things and allow our companies to grow and scale up. We've had some wins with the Amazon distribution facility and what that's going to bring to the community as well. So sure. um, very bullish and very um, eager to see what happens going forward into 21. Um, I, none of us want to repeat of 20. Um, have you made the mistake <laughs> of writing 2020 on a check yet? I have not. Uh, no, I have not I, yet. No, I, I was not, pretty excited I, there's about There's no it. way yes. I'm going to make that mistake. That's right. We're ready for 21. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it does sound like it's nice that we're in a good position to still grow and still do well this year, uh, even with COVID still going on and us uh, have adapted enough to be able to work around it a little bit. Uh, the, the only thing, as you mentioned, that we need to focus on is the small business. I mean, have you heard on how many businesses may have shut doors in the community because of COVID from last year? No, and I've also heard, and I've got to track this down, that we, for the state, Sedgwick County had the most number of new business uh, creations. Good, okay. Uh, so I've got to track that down and find out where I heard that from, but I think this has also created an opportunity for people, whether it's because they were laid off or because they needed a side hustle. Right. You know, they needed to find an they there have been more startups, which is great um, because we need more startups. This yes. community has not had enough startups in the past. And so by by necessity, by desire, by whatever, if we are having more startups, then that's great. And that's what we need. And so continuing to give a hand up to those startups and allowing them to succeed and grow um, is really where we need to have that focus. That's what it is. That's what it's all about. City Council Member Brian Fry, we appreciate the time, my friend. It's always good to get you in studio. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. can't wait to get outside. I, I don't think it's as windy enough as it's been lately. So. No, no. I can deal with the cold. I just can't deal with the cold and wind. Yeah. You know, that we can we can suffer through But I always this. enjoy starting my Saturday morning with you once a month here. So yeah, Absolutely. It's always uh, good. We're appreciate it. On. Thank you. So. And Yeah, we'll do it again next month. Absolutely. So, very good. Brian Fry, appreciate that. We'll take a break here. Wrap up hour number one. When we come back, we have a statement from Senate President uh, Senate uh, Senate President Leader uh, Ty Masterson. He'll be joining, uh, oh, not cool. joining, but we're going to read a statement from him uh, talking about the extension of the Declaration Emergency Act here in the state of Kansas and what that means when it comes to COVID, plus uh, an update on some of the legislative session issues right here on the show. It's Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, KQAM. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker. Wrapping up hour number one goes by way too fast. Thanks again to Brian Fry, City Council Member. Love having him on the program about once a month to give some city updates here in the city of Wichita. As we are in ever-growing, what are we, like number 50 in the country when it comes to like population and growth and nationwide? Wichita's booming, man. It's happening. It's awesome. We appreciate that very much to be able to get the updates on what's going on there. we got a lot to get to, as especially with the legislative session in the state of Kansas officially kicking off, which is where I want to focus a lot of time and attention on because it's kind of a big deal. Just throwing that out there. This year, kind of a big deal. Republican supermajority in both chambers and some solid leaders. Solid leaders. Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader. Ron Reichman, Speaker of the House. He's still a relatively good conservative, so we can roll with him. He kind of goes with the flow of the uh, majority of Republicans on what they want, which is nice. And then we, of course, have Senate President Ty Masterson rocking it on that side. They did pass Senate Bill 14 this week, which I do want to spend some time talking about the different legislation. But Senate Bill 14 was the extension of the emergency declaration. Ty Masterson did come out with a statement saying, quote, SB 14 preserves and strengthens the limit on the governor's executive powers adopted back in June of 2020 that ensures our economy will remain open so our businesses have certainty going forward. 
It also provides the legislature the time necessary to conduct a thorough review of the Kansas Emergency Management Act. Given the overwhelming bipartisan support of the measure, it is my hope that the House will quickly follow that the bill will be signed into law. Keeping those powers restricted on Governor Kelly, which she is not happy about. She doesn't like that because, well, she'd shut everything down in a heartbeat if she had the opportunity to do so. And with Democrats pushing things at the federal level, that's just going to encourage her to want to do that even more. So thank God for our Republican legislature right now, keeping her at bay and keeping things open going into 2021. Hour number two of, the, of Candace Talk right here on KQAM. Stay tuned. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. What a week it has been. Welcome into Kansas Talk, hour number two of Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, KQAM. Great to have you today for a Saturday morning, trying to get you up and about, making it happen. It is cold, but yet it's not as windy, which is nice. There's not as many politicians blowing through the air. What can I say? Welcome into the show. Hour number two. Lots to get to as we have the state legislative session kickoff that happened this week and some legislation already rocking through. I heard there was like 50 or 70 bills that were in queue ready to go by the start of this legislative session. So they are hot and heavy, ready to make things happen this uh, this year as it was cut short last year due to COVID-19. Now that we have the protections and, and I saw a lot of the other side of the aisle were very angry with the first week because there weren't as many protective measures in the state house when it comes to COVID and the mask wearing and the social distancing. The house did kind of separate the tables a little bit. The Senate's been rocking and it seems like everybody's for the most part been wearing masks, but you know, there's always going to be the ones that just kind of lose their minds with all that. So we'll get to all that here in just a little bit. Uh, Last hour, we had city council member Brian Fry on the program. So that was fun. And we always appreciate chatting with him on a monthly basis to get the latest and greatest from the city of Wichita. I want to shift gears a little bit though, by the way, Candace talk presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading your gold and silver with honesty and integrity. They are officially open this morning right now. They're open until 2.30 this afternoon. You can also visit them online at philscoins.com, and we appreciate them. We'll talk with Phil Martinez coming up in a couple of weeks here on a Candace Talk. I want to shift gears a little bit to the events that have happened over the last couple of weeks and the response. Where do we go from here? I know that we focus mostly on state issues here, and that's what we're going to do as well. With the response to the challenging of the Electoral College, the protests that ensued, the mostly peaceful protests. I mean, that's what the media said over the last year with all the other protests, right? So, you know, 100,000 people in D.C., 50 people going to the Capitol. It's a mostly peaceful protest. And that's what I'm going to continue to say it is. While the other side now uh, shows the videos of, you know, the violence and the in the bad parts of it that were unfortunate, but it was a mostly peaceful protest. And I'm going to continue to say that one because that's exactly what the media did for the last year. So uh, after the mostly peaceful protest, after the impeachment just a few days ago for the second impeachment against President Donald Trump from the House of Representatives, where do we go from here as a Republican, as a conservative? How do we counter this? How do we grow? How do we continue to heal? And how do we start combating the change in administration? I'm really excited to have our next guest on the program. It's been a really long time since we've chatted with her on the show. In fact, the last time we chatted with her, was when she was involved with the Governor Brownback administration. Trigger word! I know, I know. Just the word Brownback makes the left side of the aisle cringe and shake in their boots a little bit, but I'm excited to have her back on. She is now uh, a spokeswoman and a committee person on the RNC from the 1st District here in Kansas. Kim Brosher's hanging out with us today. Kim, how are you today? 
Andy, it's so great to be with you. I actually thought your music would be like Darth Vader. Dun, dun, <laughs> well, I probably to, should I nowadays with the, with the way things are going right now. Um, uh, talk about we're just void of leadership. You know, what a great opportunity it would have been for the Democrats to have actually stepped up to the plate and, and, and been shown some leadership. But it's evident that if we're going to move this country forward, it will have to happen from uh, the GOP. And uh, I, I think we're... We're eager and ready um, to do that. I'm so really glad to hear that. No, it's it's so good to get you back on the show, and it has been way too long since we've chatted. Now that you're working with the RNC and the counter, I mean, this is exactly what we need. We need to figure out how to move forward. Now, I'm not talking about, like, the harmony, unity, you know, to, to the Joe Biden unity that he's calling for while he's calling us domestic terrorists at the same time, because that's not right. going to happen. The way that they went after President Donald Trump and Republicans and Trump supporters across the board, the way they're silencing us on social media, I can't do a Facebook Live right now because I said Donald Trump was not responsible for the protests and now i can't do facebook live for 30 days or whatever that they're doing i mean mm -hmm. this is not going to mend the bond between americans so we need to figure out a way to grow the republicans to try and fight back against the progressive values that i think are going to happen here over the next year or so and we need to do it in a unifying way for the country not just by party how do we do this well, Andy, it's interesting you say in the next year or so. I mean, we saw the progressive nature of what's happening with the Democrat Party when the first official legislation that they passed is removing in, in rules for the House, mother, father, daughter, brother, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle. I mean, that's absurd. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that lays the groundwork for how left, and I differentiate between a liberal and a leftist, the Democrat Party has become a leftist party. Um, and so when I think about uh, discerning Republicans, you know, I, I, what happened last week was um, it, it, that was an undermining of democracy, what happened on the on the on the Capitol. Yeah. But what was happening within the chambers of the Capitol is democracy at work. Um, you, you know, I think it's been very clear we have a, a civics deficit in this country. I don't think most people remembered that Senator Barbara Boxer in 2005 actually challenged the Electoral College. Sure. They don't know that. And even though you may not have agreed with that, it's, it's not undermining democracy to have done it. Yeah, it's and unfortunate so, uh, that they, they can challenge it, but we can't. I mean, uh, they were allowed to challenge Al Gore's uh, loss in, uh, you know, whatever that was, 2001 or two, uh -huh. whatever year that was. Uh, for, for days, for months, they were able to challenge that one, and we gave them their time in court. We were able to have the com the conversation, but they're so desperate right. to just erase the last four years of Trump was the worst person on the face of the earth, and now every Republican's a cult member because they support Donald Trump, that we can't have the conversation. We can't even talk about a challenging of the election or talk about potential voter fraud or talk about, you know, the rule changes from states illegally and unconstitutionally. Don't do that. Just move on. Forget all about it. And then we can just mend it. If you don't, then you're part of the problem. It's a, it's a weird position for us to be in right now. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things to me that are eerily um, similar to some previous things that have happened in the past. And, and it struck me this week. So, you know, we remember when Benghazi occurred. And immediately, Hillary Clinton and her crew at the State Department claimed that that happened because of a video. Mm. And as things progressed over time, come to find out, they knew it wasn't a video. They knew it was a planned attack. 
And I see some similarities as to what happened last week is now happening now. So what do you do? You you, you blame President Trump because he's easy to blame, right? Because he's bombastic and he says things sometimes the way you don't like. But now more is coming out that it is very clear that folks were given warning signs and even law enforcement that there was a planned activity of attacking uh, the congressional building. And quite honestly, um, you know, even if Mitch McConnell were at the top, if he had if we hadn't lost the Senate, if, if I were in, in, in those bodies, I would have asked for Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell to have stepped down. They abdicated their responsibilities. They were playing politics when the job, when their job was to ensure that that building was fortified and that the people within that building were safe. I don't care if they were Republicans or Democrats. And any of us who have spent time at the Capitol know, I mean, I'm watching some of these videos and I'm going, how on earth did that happen? Yeah. And you see, you see exactly how we prepped for the inaugural. That's exactly what they should have prepped for the protection of that building. And someone said, how are you feeling about this? I said, well, I said, I don't use this phrase very often, but I'm a little, I'm madder than hell for a couple of reasons. And I, and, and, and folks who know me know, because I don't use that language. Um, one, um, is that I'm angered that the great work of the president has been overshadowed by the actions of some very violent individuals. I am angry that you had 700,000 people come to Washington, D.C. and peacefully rally, and that's been overshadowed by the actions of a minute few. Right. And I'm, I'm also angered by the fact that you have uh, the GOP who is getting brought into something for the actions of these these bad actors. That's not that's not who we are. I mean, I can't believe I'd ever agree with Bill Maher, but he basically said, he goes, folks need to realize 5,000 people who did that, that's not a representative of the 74 million people who voted for Donald Trump. Sure. And believe it or not, Bill Maher is correct. Yeah, that's so, a, the, again, uh, it must be another extension of 2020 because I never thought we'd hear that word before. Well, <laughs> well, but look at this. I mean, think, think, about, think about this. I think the Democrats, they have a, they have a playbook. And they can say, well, look, People believe, even though all the information came out about Benghazi, ultimately, but Hillary was still able to make the top of the ticket in 2016. And Valerie Rice, she was even considered as a potential VP candidate. We, we can hoodwink the American people again. Let's just blame Trump. Yeah. And so I think what we need to do, we're the adults in the room, Republican Party. We're going to step up and we're going to lead. Um, it, is, it is very clear. I was at the RNC with a number of friends who are from the states in which we, there were things that were in question um, in, in regards to ballot integrity. And so our primary focus is going to be looking at every single state in the union. We're going to be looking at election laws. How do we ensure that every legal vote is protected? And I say every legal vote. That means if you're a Republican, a Democrat, an independent, you know, that means if you're an atheist or a Christian, it doesn't really matter. But our votes, we should have integrity in the vote. And if you look at polling on this, um, it was it was widespread that people really are concerned about some voting irregularities. And so um, I, I think we need to look at that. And that's what we're going to be looking on. And we're also going to be looking at the tech industry because of what just happened to you this week, Andy. Yeah. Um, just because you don't like something doesn't mean that's what that's, you know, everyone says First Amendment is only for the government. Um, but you don't just discriminate against people um, as a company because you don't like what someone has to say. But I think everybody needs to be forewarned. AOC, who seems to be carrying the banner for the leftist Democrat Party, um, she actually hit on government restricting speech. She said it this week. Sure. I think we're going to have to tamper down on the misinformation and disinformation from the press. Folks, let me tell you, it's coming. And um, I don't say that in a fearful way. I think we can. I think we can stop it. But 
you know, we need to we need to be engaged and involved. And so you you would you kind of ask me how how are we going to do things different? I really want to encourage people. Um, you've got local elections coming up in your city councils and your county commissions this year. Also, your school boards. I want to really encourage some people step up to the plate and run. Um, and you can't do that alone, but you need people to to run with you. But I think we've all been impacted by the actions and behaviors of really poor leadership in the state of Kansas under Laura Kelly. And um, I think you look at folks like Ron DeSantis in Florida and Governor Abbott in Texas and Christy Nome in South, South, South Dakota, you can actually lead through crisis and it can be done really well. But we've had terrible leadership here in the state of Kansas. And so leaders do matter, especially more so in the time of crises. Um, and so that's where I think people get engaged locally. Um, I would encourage people to go to the Kansas GOP website, find who your county um, uh, party chair is and call them and say, I want to get engaged. Yeah. Um, because if we don't, if we don't, things like AOC saying we're going to tamp down the press, folks, that's that's just the beginning. And um, I'm, I, I think we just need to be thoughtful in how we do things, always be respectful. Um, and I, I think we can I think we can move forward and make some great changes. So I, I'm actually I'm positive about it, but we can't do it alone. We actually need people to get engaged. Sure. Well, and we're seeing more people engaged now than we have ever before. Thanks to President Donald Trump and what he's done to really excite people when, uh, you know, he can pull in 20, 30,000 people at a rally five days or five times in a single day during the last week of the campaign. That shows the energy that we have on this side of the aisle. And because we're so angry right now with not only the election results, but the impeachment, just to rub that salt in the wound from the other side of the aisle, just to try and silence us on social media, just to rub that salt in the wound a little bit right now we're even more angry and you're right we can do these things republicans have done very well with grassroots campaigning at the local levels which is why like three quarters of the state legislatures across the nation are republican controlled why the majority of governorships in the nation are republican controlled we need to step up that game and do even more so because i've been advocating and saying this entire last couple of weeks what we need to do is make the states start to stand up and say when joe biden says we're going to raise your taxes we're going to shut your businesses down we're going to shut your state down and if you don't we're going to cut off your funding that's when the states say, you know what, we're going to do things on our own because we are sovereign states and we're not going to allow the federal government to continue to bully us. That's what we have to do right now. Well, Andy, take a look at what's happened just this week alone. You've got Lightfoot in Chicago and you've got Cuomo all saying we've got to open these businesses. I'm going, wait a minute. What about following the science? Yeah. Nothing's happened in the numbers in New York and in Chicago. I mean, I said this from day one, the moment you had Sawyer down there, one of the, the Wichita guys, mention about opening businesses that we, we won't consider opening businesses in Kansas until we have Medicaid expansion on the table. I took the gloves off then and I said, no, we do not politicize during a public health crisis. And that's exactly what the Democrats have done. And you're going to see it right now. The fact that you now have Democrat cities and Democrat leaders now saying, oh, we have to open up businesses. They can't make it. We've been saying that for six, seven, eight months um, as we've been respectful of trying to get the data in on, OK, how can we do this and how can we do it safely? And then you just saw that after 100 days, Joe Biden's going to open up all the schools. They yeah. just need all the resources. Think of all the money. Think of the debt that we have placed on the backs of our kids and our grandkids. How much more money do you need to open up your schools? Our private schools have opened up. Yeah. Our small little private schools that run on bare bone budgets, they've opened up. How are they able to do it? 
It's wild. Well, and most of the big school districts too. I mean, they haven't even touched their emergency funds. Their their you know their savings accounts that they usually have for a rainy day. Their rainy day funds. I mean, all those are still growing while they're saying we need more money. Then we have someone like Governor Laura Kelly that proposes her budget for the next year that gives additional funding to schools all over again while she starts going after capers. I mean, it's it's unbelievable to watch how they try to manipulate to continue to give the education. Uh, uh, funds in the state more money when they've been shut down for the most part and really haven't needed to spend a whole lot of money. Well, let's just let's let's be clear. I think your listeners need to hear this. Laura Kelly is a special interest governor, mm-hmm. and the special interest that she listens to is the ACLU. She listens to the teachers' unions, and the reason why I believe that is because the actions that have happened. I want to. I've met so many people through COVID-19 that I didn't know because of kind of Facebook and doing Facebook lives. I want you to talk to these, these young moms who've got three young kids and they, they can't have them in school because everything's got to be remote. And Laura Kelly's been pandering to the teachers union. It hasn't been about kids. These kids that have been in the marginalized communities, that gap is even further now than it was before. The fact that Laura Kelly was going to put prisoners at the top of the tier list of getting vaccines over our elderly in our communities, and it wasn't until pushback. So um, it is very clear. We've had terrible leadership here by Laura Kelly. It is time for Laura to pack up her bags, and I can't wait uh, for the upcoming primary elections that we're going to have. I think we're going to have some really great choices here um, as Republicans, but she needs to go. Yep. And I think we need good people in our communities run for local run for local elections. Now you know how important a school board election is. Now you know how important a city a city council or a county commission race is. And and you kind of asked it's how do we bring people together? And I said this I had the the privilege of speaking to a group of uh, Republican women in Johnson County on Monday. And it just I, I'm not a I wish I had done more history when I was a kid because now I love history more than ever. But <laughs> you remember the movie Patriot. Um, where I love it too. Um, and they were, they were about to fight Cornwaller and you had the French and you had the colonials coming together. Now, if you think about this, you had some of those very same people who had fought each other Yep. when Brit British, the British were fighting the French, but what they did is they came together because they knew they had a common goal and it was to defeat the British despite all the past, despite that maybe some of them had actually harmed their own family members. They knew that there was something much bigger than that. And that's what I say to the Republican Party, is that we have a common objective, and it is to fight the leftist agenda of socialism, which has crept in to our colleges, our schools, and to our communities, really under the, under the dark of night. And that's our common goal, is to fight that. And we have to fight it at the, at the elections, because it's the Democrat Party who is carrying that torch. And so that's what I want to do is bring everybody together in the Republican Party. Let's recognize who the real opponent is. It's not each other. Um, It is the Democrat Party and their agenda. Not them as persons, but the agenda that they are moving forward. So that's the Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, it it is time for that unity. I mean, we always love doing the firing squad amongst each other in the Republican Party, which I like to some degree because we get to spar with each other and actually try to expand the Republican and conservative agenda based on different ideas instead of the lockstep that the Democrats do. So it's good to a degree. But then when we see, I mean, for example, I mean, in, in Congress now, 
after the challenging of the Electoral College, then the protest that happened, then you see some Republicans backing out and apologizing for it, like Senator Langford out of Oklahoma, apologizing for what they did, some of them not voting for it. Either you believe in the conservative principle and you believe that there were issues with the election, or you don't, and it was just a farce just for you to try and win over some of the Republican base. It's time for us to really stand for the virtues, unite as a Republican Party, and work together to try and fend off the progressive values. Well, one of the things I've told people this, you can have two really good people of the same party who come to a different conclusion. Yes. Right? I don't want any politician. I don't want any politician to do something that he doesn't really believe in. Yeah. And so when some people attacked our some of our, our congressional district people that even after they had stormed the Capitol, that they still chose to to vote against certifying, I'm going, I sure hope they did. I sure hope they wouldn't have been cowards and buckled to that. Right. I mean, is that the kind of leadership that you want? That seems pretty un-American to me. <laughs> that right there would have shown that that was politicizing. Yep. They did that because they really believed it. Now, and I'm just also going to point out, I've been really disappointed by, um, it's expected from the press, but even people who are in the academic world, the disinformation that they've disseminated about that process, I mean, they actually have a process in the House of Representatives, how you challenge the Electoral College. How can that be unconstitutional? Because you have a pro- they actually have a process to do it. <laughs> right. I mean, it, and so I'm like, okay, all of you people who think that's a bad idea, why didn't you move to have that process removed that there couldn't be a challenge? Yep. Yeah, it's right? unbelievable. And so, now you see the other side, which, again, when it comes to the unity here in Kansas, I mean, you see the Kansas leadership of the Democrat Party come out and say, well, we need to expel all the Republican delegation that challenged the Electoral College because they're the ones that incited the violence. We need to investigate them and we need to expel them. I mean, they're they're again, it goes back to the emotional anger and the hatred towards Republicans and Trump right now because they don't even like you mentioned, there's a process. And if you didn't like that process, then why didn't you ever try to stop and remove that process from the House? But right now we have that process and we're allowed to do those things. So why would they have any reason to be expelled? Well, first of all, they're preying on civics, yeah. you know, deficits. The other thing is that that's a fundraising letter. Yeah, It's funny to me that they think, well, how dare you tell states, you know, that they that they can't be certified. But yet that's the very same thing that they would be telling every single voter in the state of Kansas. You know, who who is somebody in Washington, D.C. from the Democrat Party to tell me in Kansas that my guys shouldn't be sitting in their seat? So if you don't like the process, this is what I'm going to challenge everybody there in Washington, D.C. If you think the challenging of the electoral process should not be something that is allowed, then you need to remove that from the process. And they haven't. I mean, you go back and you look at how many times this has been challenged. It is astounding. I'm just going to give a quick figure here for folks to know. 1969, 2001. 2005, 2017. In 1969 and 2005, they actually had a Democrat senator who sponsored it. This has happened before, and nobody said boo about it. Yeah. And someone said, well, you didn't have violence back then. I'm going, oh, wait a minute. So now something is deemed constitutional or not based on whether or not there, someone might have been violent? The reaction of people yeah, from it, yeah. It's just, it's sheer stupidity. Um, I think what we need to be pressing all the way up to Washington, D.C., and this is one of the things I said to the leadership of the RNC, I want to know what the truth is. I want to know who these people are. Um, we're seeing, like I said, we're seeing now more and more as things are opening. It was just shared that the FBI in Virginia gave notification to people in, in, in law enforcement and leadership that there, there was chattering, that there were people who were coming and they intended to do violence on the Capitol. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that I want to know why nothing was done about it. 
and I want to know why it was ignored. And you always err on the side of caution. You always err on the side of caution. We had some amazing people do some things from Kansas in those chambers, yep. our elected yep. officials who were, who were doing the right thing and that they're allowed to do. And we had some amazing people from Kansas who also peacefully protested on the mall and rallied. It was I'm a beautiful right thing. That's why America. I'm right there it's with you, so Kim. Great. Kim, we're, we're out of time. We could go on for this with hours. I love it. I appreciate the time so much, and you're right. We need to get down to the truth. That Republicans and politicians need to learn to walk and chew gum at the same time to promote conservative agendas, figure out the truth, and try and fix what went wrong in this one. Kim, I love it. I appreciate the time so, so much. Let's do this again real soon. What do you say? Have a great one, friend. Hey, Take always care. a pleasure. Kim, Kim Brooch is right there, committee woman with the RNC. We'll get her back on the show again here real soon. Bottom of the hour news coming up. It's Candace Talk here on KQAM. Listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Darn right you are. I don't know where else you would be right here on a Saturday morning trying to get you up and moving for the it's so weird. I get so used to looking at the camera and I have the programs I keep trying to adjust over here. I can't do it right now because we're not on Facebook because Facebook has banned me from doing that. Thanks, Facebook, and your censorship. Appreciate that very much. Thanks again to Kim Brochers coming on, committee woman with the RNC from the 1st District on the western part of the state. Uh, that was awesome. We love having her on the program. We appreciate that very, very much. We want to make her a regular here on the show again to talk about what's going on. And she's absolutely right, focusing on these states. It's exactly what I've been saying as well. We can focus here in Kansas, make Kansas awesome, to where when the federal government's doing stupid stuff, then we don't have to be part of it and we can kind of do our own thing. So that's what we need to focus on here, uniting and rallying. Uh, with the Republican Party here in the state of Kansas. We can do it. We can do that. So, uh, And we talk about that on the national show throughout the week as well with what we can do state by state, uh, trying to bring sovereignty back to each state as well. Uh, by the way, Candace Talk presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. You can call the show right now at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Uh, we did an interview with Congressman Ron Estes that I want to play here in a second as well. We did that on Thursday which it was opportunity came in studio with us and we got to talk about the vote after the impeachment as he came back into town back at it on Monday. So he's flying back out to DC this weekend. So he's a busy guy. And I have to admit, I uh, seeing him listening to him talk. I don't think I've ever seen Congressman Estes tired and frustrated. Like I saw him. It was a very weird. I mean, he's just so flabbergasted with everything that's going on, frustrated with the way that things are going on in D.C., and it's a hard fight. So we need to show them support, especially right now. They are getting bombarded with uh, different you know, donors and corporations wanting to not give them funds anymore because how dare you challenge an electoral college? How dare you do that? And that's really going to expose the true leaders from the non-leaders. And guess what? Our delegation here in Kansas, the Republican ones, uh, except for Pat Roberts, but with Jerry, uh, I got to give credit to Roger Marshall, still challenging the Electoral College, even though he's getting some heat with some of his donors and con- uh, contributors. With our Congress uh, delegation in the House side for the Republicans, with Jake LaTurner, a freshman in D.C., with Tracy Mann on the 1st District, a freshman in D.C., and of course Congressman Ron Estes all challenging the election and voting against the impeachment. So when they do that great stuff, we appreciate them and we need to show them that support because they're going to be getting heat from D.C. As we mentioned, right now, Candace uh, Democrats are asking to expel them for challenging the Electoral College because that, by default, quote, uh, incited the violence, which is 
the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So well done on that one. Winning. Yeah, you guys are really bright on the Democrat side, so we can talk about that. Open lines to you, though, at 316-721-8255. We do have a caller, so let's take you before we play our interview with Congressman Ron Estes. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Patrick. Hey, Patrick. How are you, sir? I'm well. How are you? Hey, we are living the dream, my friend, every every day. Okay. Um, now, just to clarify, because I caught the about the last half of the interview with the lady you just had on. Is she with the with the Kansas RNC or with the... She is with the National RNC. She is one of the spokespeople uh, in the state that works with the National RNC and then works with the local parties to tie in the National Republican Party with the local parties. And she's, uh, she's the committee woman from the 1st District on the western part of Kansas. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, I... I have so many things written down here, but I'll just <laughs> limit it for Go you. Go for it. Go for it. What you got? Uh, Jerry Moran, he needs, he needs to be primaried. He needs to be primaried right the hell out of office. Uh, well, yeah, Jerry Moran, um, he he does need to go. He hasn't fought very hard. He did vote on a few things when the mainstream Republicans kind of went with him and uh, he went uh, along uh, with uh, it, but he doesn't he doesn't stand up to fight a whole lot. No, and he refuses. I've been doing the show for, as you know, probably six years now, and he has yet to come on this program to talk to me. He refused to do the the recount on the election. Yep. And that really bothers me because... The lady from the RNC, she needs to step up and call it what it is to start with. The people that caused the problems up there in Washington were embedded Antifa. Mm. And whether anybody wants to agree with that or not, that's what it is. And I also understand that the voting machines in Kansas are those machines that don't accurately count votes and probably can be controlled from the Internet. Um, uh, well, we are working. We are working on getting the Secretary of State Scott Schwab on the program. I do not believe that Candace uses Dominion systems. We do use electronic voting systems, but it's not through the Dominion system, uh, S- Semantic or whatever oh. it is, uh, com- uh, company. So we use electronic systems, but I don't believe we do that company with Dominion. We use something else. Um, now we do have with the legislature. We talked with one of the state senators, Richard Hildebrand. He's coming. Uh, he talked about it. Going into the session, he's working on legislation to uh, even increase the security on our electronic voting systems here in the state to where it would actually have printed out uh, paper ballots that would come out with the results of all of them because some of the voting machines in the state do not actually have paper trails of the votes that actually went into the machine. So he wants to try and have a paper trail for all of the votes that went through all of the electronic systems. So that way we can be more sure that when we vote on the electronic machine, that it's actually verified and it's actually running smoothly. No, you know what we need to do? We need to go back to a paper ballot. It takes these guys with these electronic machines months to count votes. Sure. And if we went back to the paper ballot and had people sit there and count those things, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Go back to the original way. You can't manipulate that. Here's the way I see it. I see... The Republican Party losing a lot of membership, me included, because they refuse to stand up and admit that there's voter fraud. She said, oh, there's discrepancies in the, in the voting, irregularities is what she said. No, there's proof of massive voter fraud. Yeah. And until they can get that under control, 
and assure people out here that their vote actually counts, I don't know that I'll vote for any more Republicans. To hell with them. Well, there it's it's a predicament, and I understand the frustration. There's a lot of people that have been talking about you know going libertarian or going to this new Patriot Party, and I I have to admit I'm skeptical. I understand the frustration with it, and we need to change something because you're right. There are many Republicans along with the majority of Democrats that are doing some very um, um, shenanigans type of things up in D.C. with the when it comes to this voter fraud, and many Republicans did not stand up to challenging the Electoral College and saying there is a serious problem. And then once the protest did it, the mostly peaceful protest happened in Washington, D.C., once that all happened, then half of them that were going to contest it ended up changing their mind because, well, we don't want to be uh, part of that inciting violence and all this other garbage. So I'm with you that where I think a lot of it was planned when stage. There is, as she mentioned, there's definitely an investigation going on about some that may have tried to plan something like this within Congress to try and label uh, Republicans as domestic terrorists and go after this my problem with going third party is the same problem that i've said for years is that when we go off third party and we branch off to third parties we divide ourselves and we don't have as many numbers we don't have as loud of a voice and we'll never win an election again and i've always advocated for instead of going third party and going away from the republicans we have to reform it from within which we can do we can start working on true conservatives to weed out individuals like jerry moran to weed out the moderates that don't want to stand with us the ones that try to fight against us and side with democrats we need to get them out we need to reform the republican party to stand for the values that we want it to be and then we can still keep the money we can still keep the voice we can still keep the power that we have as a massive party as opposed to branching off to a bunch of little third party groups that are never going to be able to have a voice again that's my concern now, I'm not saying that that's uh, 100%, but uh, that's been my concern with going third party. And I'll make this statement right now. There are what they say was the the votes for President Trump was like 80,000, 84,000 votes. Uh, 80, 80, they say up to 80 million, been, yes. If the, if the votes had been accurately counted... I guarantee you, he probably would have yanked 120 votes down. Now, here's my point. Now there's over 100,000 people out here who are disenfranchised from this entire system. You're right. And the other turncoats I want to call out today are Romney, Graham, and Pence, the traitor's turncoat. These people need to be called out every day. Well, I would add on to that list Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski from the Senate side as well. They've been the moderate Republicans that really have fought against Republicans for a long time, uh, for sure. I understand, but, that. I understand that, but yeah. Pence could change the whole thing, but he is a turncoat, a traitor. And when when I see these people, and there's more than that, there's Susan Collins, there's how about how about Governor Kemp down there in Georgia signed a hundred and ten point seven million dollar deal with Dimension? Yeah. I tell you what, Patrick, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. We are angry, and you're right. We're not going anywhere. And the fact that they silence us on social media, as I mentioned, I can't do Facebook Live right now. I made one post last weekend that said that Donald Trump was not responsible for the protests. Now I'm banned from doing Facebook Live for 30 days, so I can't do the show on, on live every single day on Facebook, which is ridiculous because of that comment. Now that they tried to impeach Donald Trump for a second time just to try to rub that salt in that wound, now that they try to label us as domestic terrorists across this nation, I'm telling you, that's not going to be the mending. That's not going to be the unity 
As you mentioned, there are 80 million voters for Trump that are angry, that are not going anywhere when 80% of the Republican Party nationwide believes the election was fraudulent, when 30% of Democrats in this nation believe that the election was fraudulent, when 60% of independents and third-party voters believe the election was fraudulent in some way, shape, or form that's not going away. And for Democrats and even establishment Republicans, moderate Republicans, to be in D.C. and say, well, it's just going to go away now that we've moved past this and it's just going to go back to politics as normal. And now that Trump's not going to be in there just shaking things up, it's not. We're not going away. We're not going to stop fighting for this to try and get the real truth, to try and hold those accountable who need to be accountable. And as much as I agree with, you know, focusing on a next election and focusing on the outreach of the conservative values and, and conservative party, that's great. But we need to do something now to try and rectify the issues that happened in this last election, because we're not going to let it just go to the wayside and forget it happened. Well, and and I'll just make one more comment, then I'll get off and make room for somebody else. I appreciate you speaking with me and not cutting me off because of, of the people that I called out by name. But I want to say this. I'm leaving the Republican Party now for good. I'm done. Mm. And I'm not joining them damn liberalitarians. <laughs> I'm going to be unaffiliated, and that means in this state I can't vote in the primary because I'm not going to declare for a ballot yeah. at the primary. Yeah. So so the RNC and the Kansas GOP better get it in one sock because they're going to lose voters like crazy, and they're never going to win another election. Well, and that's a concern. Thank you, Thank you though, for listening to me and and for letting me speak. Well, I'll, always, Patrick, I appreciate the comments very much. And you know what? There are so many people that believe exactly the way you believe right now and that feel exactly the way you feel right now. The emotions right now are so high and we're so frustrated. I get it. My And again, going back to that third-party vote, the fact that you wouldn't be able to vote in the primary uh, is a concern and is an issue because – I mean, the fact that you wouldn't be able to help set the tone. I've always said, I've always said it that the primary is the most important election we can do because that sets the tone for the party on whether we get a conservative candidate or a moderate candidate in the Republican Party. So, uh, I mean, just my little pitch is to try and allow you to reconsider moving from the party because that is going to harm the party and the party does need to do something from that. But I get it. I get the emotion. And you um, expressed it beautifully from a lot of people that believe the exact same way. So, Patrick, I appreciate that very much. Got to take a break here. 316-721-8255. I don't think we have time to run the Ron Estes interview right now, so we may hold on to that for next week, which is all right, which is all right, because I'm glad we had the time and I'm glad that we can actually express some of this because I know that you want that outlet to get this out because you're not going to get it anywhere else. You can't call up the other talk show hosts or other radio stations or other places and be able to vent like that because they think you're a loon for actually believing that the election is potentially fraudulent. So here's your opportunity to do so. And Patrick, you uh, you hit it on the head. There are a lot of very angry, very frustrated people. And again, we're not going away. And you think the protests are going to stop? You think that we're going to stop voicing our opinion? You think that we're going to stop talking about it? No, because we're not going to let it just go to the wayside and go to politics as normal. These are unconventional times, and this is not just politics as normal to forget to move on and just pretend it never happened. There's some serious issues going on, and unless we change it now, We'll never have a fair election again in the future, ever. Because if they can beat someone like Donald Trump, who got 75 to 80 million votes, with the most amount of energy I've ever seen in a presidential campaign, with 30,000 people showing up five times a day you know, for weeks on end, if they can beat that, then it doesn't matter what we do in the future. We need to address it right now. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. It's Candace Talk right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Stay here. 
All right, seven minutes to the top of the hour. Time goes by way too fast. Holy cow, we have the fastest hour of radio throughout the week. Now we have the fastest two-hour program on the weekend here as well with Kansas Talk. So we had the state of the state address over the week as well. Governor Laura Kelly, which it, it, I didn't get it. She did a video stream, a recorded video stream, as opposed to doing it live in front of our state legislature, which was a little ridiculous. So that was cute. Then, of course, she advocated for the Medicaid expansion. Not surprising, but still a little ridiculous at the time that we have now. And then, of course, she released her budget the day after her budget proposal that would include tax increases. Why did I expect that? Yeah, tax increases while everybody is like still working on the unemployment that you can't get because of her Department of Labor uh, sucks. So let's just call it the way it is. It's it's working horribly. So people are still trying to get their funds for unemployment assistance in these states. While she says, you know what, you're staying at home more because you can't go out and about, you can't go out and work, you can't go out and socialize, you can't go out and enjoy, so you need to stay home. So what do we do? We go up and we watch Netflix and we watch Hulu and we watch other streams and we purchase things online because we don't have stores that are open. And she says, oh, great, there's an increase in that. Maybe we should tax it. With her proposal to increase taxes or propose taxes on Netflix, Hulu, and other streamers in the state of Kansas, along with per, uh, additional taxes on online merchants. Because that's what's going to solve everything. Just tax the heck out of us more. So we appreciate that very, very much. Let's go to the phones, uh, shall we? 316-721-8255. Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? This is Ray. Ray, how are you, sir? Pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, uh, if if I withhold my vote in the primary, then I don't help elect the best man or woman for the job. Yeah. And therefore, I have helped the Democrats. Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I I really get and I'm right there with you on that. I I have to agree with you. I get the frustration why so many want to leave the Republican Party because so many Republicans walked away from Trump. I get it. That's a job for us to fix, I believe, personally, as opposed to walking away from it, because you're right. If we have if we have a primary in the state and there's a solid conservative candidate and a very moderate candidate that's going to be part of the establishment, the deep state, whatever you want to call it and you don't vote in the primary to make sure they don't get in to represent the party, then the party's never going to change. Um, exactly. And when we and, and when we'll we go third party, worse. we're going to continue to lose. We're going to lose in a third party. Now, the nice thing is, is unaffiliated voters predominantly in the state vote conservative and Republican, and there's more unaffiliated yeah. voters in Kansas than there are Democrats, which really says something. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, it shows the little the the little effect that Democrats have in many areas. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't. If we had all those unaffiliateds go and register as Republicans and vote conservative, we would have a lot different representation when it comes to some of our elected officials, especially with someone like Jerry Moran. Exactly. I'm going to keep participating because I'm not going to let the the other people take over the show. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right there with you. We can do this. I mean, we're, we're going to be in for a long haul on the federal side with Democrats running everything, and it's going to be getting very sketchy and very dangerous for all with tax increases, with the government spending, with the government overhaul. I mean, you yeah. can see how uh, how concerned they are when they have 20,000 troops in D.C. for an inauguration. That, to me, shows a sign of force of we're going to force our agenda as opposed to yeah. work with others to make it happen, uh, trying to exactly. take our firearms away. But if we have a strong state with strong state leaders, then the state leaders can tell the federal government to go pound sand and that we can do our own thing because yeah. we're not going to abide by it. And if we aren't there for the primaries, then we will be primaried out. Exactly. Exactly. Brother, I appreciate the phone call very much, my friend. We're uh, out of time already, but uh, keep up the fight, and we're going to do the same here on this side. Have a great weekend.
Always love it. Always appreciate it very much. That does it for us today. Joe Pags live with the weekend coming up here momentarily after the top of the hour news here on KQAM. We're back at it next Saturday for Kansas Talk. We're back at it at 8 p.m. on Kansas uh, for the Voice of Reason weeknights here on KQAM as well for the national broadcast. Lots of great stuff coming up for that show as well. Until then, everybody have a wonderful weekend. Don't get blown away, and we'll see you on the radio.